This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Uh, another problem that we've been dealing with nationwide for, I'm trying to remember, is it two full years? No, I think it probably is. Um, but I know in last year in particular, there were multiple stories in the media, some great reporting by Global News and the Globe and Mail, uh, documenting foreign interference in Canadian elections, right? You're familiar with the stories. We covered them pretty well here on the show. Um, specifically efforts by the Chinese government to interfere in the last two federal elections. And then we've also heard stories about provincial elections, even some mayoral races out in BC. Um, now following these reports, all kinds of different activity was launched to try and come up with, um, some national strategy on how to deal with this problem, right? You probably remember the hearings in Ottawa and parliamentarians and all the rest of it. Um, one big piece of that that was agreed upon was the creation of a foreign agent registry and that's now been in the works for about a year and um hasn't come to fruition yet like i say it's being worked on and being promised and we expect to see it but when and you know there are some who say it might not make that much of a difference let's get into it we're going to have a conversation now with Aaron Schul, who is uh, the Managing Director and General Counsel at uh, CIGI. He's also a Senior Legal Executive, recognized as a leading expert on uh, complex issues at the intersection of public policy, tech, cybersecurity, privacy, data protection, all these areas that are touched on by this. Aaron, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time. No, my pleasure. I'm happy to have a conversation. Um, okay, so let's let's start here because not everyone agrees, right, that a foreign agent's registry is really as important as some have made it out to be over the course of the last several months. What's your take on it? How how key is this to our national strategy when it comes to foreign interference? Is this a big part, or really won't make much difference? Uh, it's a part, um, and I think the the actual the right question to ask is. Do we have all the tools that we need? Or maybe let's back up a step here and say, look, I think it's clear um, if you, you you mentioned the Globe's reporting, the Globe and Mail's reporting. If if that is true, I know, then this is a serious issue for the country. We have foreign governments trying to influence how things are going in our elections, right? And so this it has to be stopped. So then the relevant question becomes, do we have all of the tools necessary to try and stop it? The answer to that question is no. So the, the, the related question is, is this foreign agent registry a good part of a broader solution? And as I said, I think it's a part. There's a lot of things that are happening. We can unpack it and kind of go through it in, in more detail. But this foreign agent registry is one part. We can talk about that. And we'll talk about some of the other things that are happening, yeah. too. Okay, but let's go through. You're right. There's a bunch of different pieces. Let's start with this one in particular, the foreign agents registry. It's. I think you're right. It's. It's another tool in the tool belt. What's the upside? Where do you see why? You know what? This is really going to help us do this. So it, there's a. It's plugging a couple holes in the dam. Um, the first is if people are trying to lobby. Uh, government officials, but they're not paid for it, right? So the Lobbying Act applies if you're trying to swing po- public policy and lobby government officials. If you're paid, then you're, you'd be captured by the Lobbying Act. But if you're not paid, you might not be. And so let's we'll, we'll plug that 
plug that hole in the dam here. Uh, and then the second is, what if there's people that are trying to influence activities, but they're not trying to influence politicians, right? Like, are there are there ways that, that foreign states are trying to influence community groups or university groups or, 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 or um, uh, diaspora groups within our country um, that are not necessarily captured by the criminal code? or the Security of Information Act, but are nevertheless nefarious, right? And so the point here is, if you're going to be trying to work for a foreign government and, and influence the way things are going in Canada, you need to be registered, right? So that at least we know who's who's doing what, who's coming and going. So that's that's the major kind of evil that this thing is trying to, trying to fix. Gotcha. Okay. And like you say, it, it's a tool in a tool belt. What's the downside here? Because I know that some people say, you know, there, there's a risk to this too, because I mean, when we're talking about what's happening here, and like you say, maybe it doesn't cross the line into criminality, but it's it's not good. It's always done secretly, right? I mean, it's not like we're, we're talking about imposing transparency into something which is inherently not transparent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the, there's maybe three arguments uh, against. Um, the first is, look, if you're a spy, you're not going to register for this thing anyway, right? Like, that's not, you'd be the worst spy in the history of the world if you're like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm trying to do this stuff. Let me let me go on a public registry. So that's critique number one. And I think the point, the, the counterpoint to that is, all we're trying to do is, if you don't register, then it's like it's like Al Capone, right? They didn't get him for murder; they got him for taxes, right? So if you don't register, that that's one additional one additional kind of uh, arrow in the quiver, right? So I, I'm I would maybe I would discount that one to say you know, but that's that's the argument against it is that spies aren't going to register; spies yeah. are going to always be spying, um, and uh, and it's not going to work. So okay, I, I would discount that one. The second is that it's you know it's racist and it's going to be going after certain diaspora groups, and I'm unconvinced of that um, because this has nothing to do with race at all. If you don't want to register, don't work for a foreign government. Yeah. Right. Like simple. It's, it's like so. I find that to be a bit of a red herring, and it's just it's an argument that I do not find persuasive. The third argument, and probably best against it, and this was the one made by my colleague Wesley Warwick. I now I land in a different place than Wesley, but his his argument is like you're going to create a big baggy bureaucracy. Um, it's going to suck up a bunch of resources, and why don't we direct those resources to different enforcement activities or different changes? Right? If there's only so much money in the jar. Maybe is this the best way to spend that 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 money? Um, I personally believe that I think a, a registry is a good idea. I mean, the Americans have had one since the 30s. It doesn't need to be big and bloated. It just provides an additional layer of security. And the point that I've raised earlier is: Do we have all the tools that we need? The answer is no. Why would we? Why wouldn't we allow ourselves all the tools? We'll just do so efficiently. What about the argument, and if there's some merit to this, that it sends the signal to international governments, primarily China, I would think that, hey, you know what, we're getting serious about this. We're not going to just sort of let this continue. We are going to put in some measures. Maybe it serves as something of a deterrent, at least on that level. Yeah, I mean it's it's a signal for sure, um, and and other other states are doing it as well too. So there there's there's the deterrent argument. There's also the keeping up with the Joneses argument. Yeah. Right? If Australia's yeah. doing it and Britain's doing it, the Americans, as I said, have done it since the 30s. Why wouldn't we do it too? Um, so yeah, the, there's a deterrent factor, but th- there's a lot more that has to go into this as well too. So you know, I, like there's there's 
other things that are happening right now in mm-hmm. terms of modernizing our law, modernizing the criminal code, modernizing the the CSIS Act. Like here's one that I don't think your your listeners will they're even going to believe if I tell them this. So CSIS, which is the principal agency that deals with this type of stuff, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, their law was written in 1984. And it really hasn't been updated. Um, so think about your computer in 1984. I had uh, like a like a DOS machine, right? Yeah. Commodore 64 was the state of the art. The world has changed a lot since then, but the law needs to be updated. And here's one. CSIS cannot share information with non-federal partners. So suppose that there, there's um, there's adversarial states at a university or in a private company or, hell, even a municipal government. Mm-hmm. They can't go and share classified information with them, even if they know that they're targeted, even if they know how they're being targeted, and they want to share it, they can't under existing law. So so when I say that the foreign agent registry thing is like one yeah. one arrow in the quiver, there's a whole bunch more we got to do. Yeah, so revamping the way that CSIS works and the laws surrounding it. What else? What should we be focused on? If we, I mean, let's say our next election is two years away. That's the farthest way that it can be, not even two years. What should we be focused on right now to try and improve the security and, and you know and, and and the sense of security that Canadians have like what else should we be looking at well it's interesting so and I, I love having these conversations but like most people aren't thinking about this right like most people aren't thinking about amendments to the criminal code or to the CSIS Act and that's why I love coming on your program honestly like I, I, I appreciate it because most people just don't care this is a plumbing issue so the point is we want to keep our elections safe and secure and that Canadians determine the outcome of those elections so the, the, the answer to me then becomes everything we can. But most of it, honestly, Shane, is, is plumbing. Like, people aren't going to have a, have a position on what we should need to do to the Canada Evidence Act. I think it's like, let's get the legislation in the House. Let's get cranking on it. Um, you know, obviously, it's got to go to committee, and it's got to be reviewed and vetted there. But this is pretty specialized stuff when you start tinkering with um, with this, the legislation in this way. So let's just get going would be my, would be my yeah. advice. Yeah. Just take it seriously and come up with a strategy. I think, you know, just some kind of action is all that I think, uh, Canadian people are looking for. A great conversation, Aaron. Thank you so much for being here today. I really do appreciate it.